You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the Kula Nation and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. Australia is transitioning towards renewable energy, but it is just as necessary to consider the transition away from coal. Changing the status quo means making hard political decisions, fighting vested interests, and making sure that ordinary people aren't left behind. You know, let's plan that, that process from the electricity grid that we have at the moment to the electricity grid that we want. Hazelwood Power Station in the Latrobe Valley in Victoria is an example of the obstacles to change. I start by talking to Nick Abelay from Environment Victoria's Replace Hazelwood campaign about some of the powerful reasons why Hazelwood should be closed down. Hi and welcome to the show. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Nick Abelay. I'm the campaign's manager at Environment Victoria. And um, we're talking about Hazelwood Power Station today. Um, let's start with the basics. Can you please tell the listeners why you think Hazelwood Power Station should be shut down? Uh, Hazelwood is, if not the most polluting power station in the world, then one of the most polluting power stations in the world. Um, Obviously, climate change is a huge problem, uh, in case your listeners weren't aware of that. Uh, It is. It's causing all sorts of damage and is effectively an existential threat to, you know, civilization as we know it. Uh, And if you look at where Australia's uh, greenhouse gas emissions come from, and in particular Victoria's greenhouse gas emissions, uh, it's the vast majority of them, or the, the largest single chunk of, of that climate pollution in Australia and in Victoria is coming from coal-fired power stations. Um, and there's about 17, 18 coal-fired power stations in Australia. There's four in Victoria. Uh, all the Victorian ones are in the Latrobe Valley. Um, and the Latrobe Valley power stations burn brown coal rather than black coal. Uh, and the, black, the brown coal means that they also have a lot more CO2 emissions associated with the generation of electricity. Uh, and amongst these power stations, uh, Hazelwood is by far the worst in terms of the amount of climate pollution it, it creates for the amount of electricity that it produces. So... Um, this is a huge problem. So if you want to stop climate change, you need to deal with the climate pollution that's coming from coal-fired power stations, uh, and we need to start phasing them out. We need to phase out from coal, from burning coal for electricity uh, to clean, renewable energy. And uh, what we need is a, uh, a clear plan for that to happen. So let's start with the dirtiest and let's work our way through and uh, gradually phase out all the coal so that we have... You know, a, a no emissions electricity system. And is Hazelwood necessary to meet Victoria's baseload power needs? No, not anymore. Um, so there's sort of this assumption that if we turn power stations off, the, the lights are going to go out. Um, but that is no longer the case. Um, so what's been happening over the last sort of five or ten years is that there's been huge advances in energy efficiency, both residential and industrial and commercial. Um, There's also just been a big general drop-off in demand. A lot of large uh, industrial users have closed. I've seen a few car manufacturing plants 
closed, which is you know has its own downside. But the upside upside of that is that we're using a lot less electricity than we used to. Um, and at the same time as that's been happening, we've also been building more renewable energy, which exactly what is exactly what we want, right? Like renewable energy is the energy of the future, um, and so all these things combined mean that Victoria specifically and Australia generally now have more electricity supply than we're going to need. The the times at which we need the most electricity are typically on hot summers afternoons. Um, you know, the the third day of the 40-degree heat wave kind of thing, when it's 4 o'clock, the sun's beating down, and everyone turns on their air conditioner. Um, that's when we need the most electricity. And the people who operate the grid, the Australian Energy uh, Market Operator and others, have, have looked at the, the, the amount of electricity that we can generate based on the, the power stations and the, the wind farms and solar panels and whatever else. They've looked at how much we can generate. They've looked at how much we might need at a maximum and they're saying we actually don't need you know somewhere between 1500 and 2000 megawatts of electricity supply now hazelwood is 1600 megawatts so what that means is in theory you could close down hazelwood and there would be no there would be no effect on the electricity that people consume um which puts us in this position where we now have this amazing opportunity to start this phase-out process where we can really start moving towards renewable energy without any risk to electricity supply. And can you talk about the recent history of safety problems with Hazelwood? Uh, so, I mean, it was about a bit over two and a half years ago that the the coal mine that's right next door to Hazelwood Power Station caught fire. Um, it was a terrible fire. Some of your listeners may remember it. Uh, sort of front page of the age for most of a week, I think. Um, but the fire itself went on for 45 days, and it just covered an entire the entire town of Morwell and surrounding areas like Terrelgan and Churchill and other places in Latrobe Valley with a very toxic, dangerous coal ash, um, very fine particulate matter which gets right into your lungs and causes all sorts of respiratory diseases. Um, you know, this, this was a terrible event. This was probably the worst um, environmental and public health disaster in Victoria's history. Um, that's what prompted the Hazelwood Mine Fire Inquiry, which was held a few months afterwards. Uh, and that, the original inquiry sort of looked at what, you know, the, some of the initial causes or how the fire got so bad, but it sort of left out a couple of um, key points. And so um, the Andrews government reopened the inquiry to look at a couple of additional things, in particular uh, how to rehabilitate the mines, so how to clean up the mines once they're not mining anymore and, and make it safe. Uh, but also the health issue. Um, you know, We actually have no idea. I mean, there was very obvious short-term health effects uh, for people in the Latrobe Valley, um, but we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be yet, unfortunately. There's a 20-year health study that's been announced, um, and, and the state government has now also announced some measures to, to try to improve the health of people in Latrobe Valley. But you know, there's sort of potentially this ticking time bomb of you know, what is actually going to happen to these people who are forced to breathe in this, this toxic smoke for, for weeks on end. Uh, which is, you know, it was a, a pretty terrible event. Um, I think, I think we've learned a lot from it, um, but you know, we need to certainly improve a lot of the, the regulations that were in place at the time to ensure that nothing like that ever happens again. 
the situation that we're in now, you know, we've also got to remember this power station is 52 years old. This is at least 10, if not 15 or 20 years past its intended retirement date. The technology itself is, is out of date. Um, so it's not a matter anymore of if the power station is going to close. It's a matter of when the power station is going to close. Um, and that might be because we need to stop climate pollution, or it also might just be because it just collapses, right? I mean, this is a very old power station. Um, you know, we've heard from people in Latrobe Valley that there are all sorts of problems with the power station itself in terms of maintenance and, you know, issues with some of the equipment there. And there's this risk that, you know, because it is so old, one day something might just go catastrophically wrong um, and, you know, it might literally just break down. And obviously that's not how you want the power station to go. I mean, there was uh, in Port Augusta, the two coal-fired power stations over there closed in the last few months. Um, one of those is the Northern Power Station, it's called. Um, that, uh, well, I'm trying to think exactly when it was, sometime last year, um, there was a fire inside the power station and I think two workers and one firefighter were injured as a result of this fire uh, and the power station basically never got turned back on. That was sort of the, you know, the, the final, you know, the, um, the straw that broke the camel's back perhaps. Um, you know, and so it never got turned on after that incident and, you know, I sort of hope that we don't have to wait for something like that to happen at Hazelwood before we think, okay, actually, yeah, we need to do something about this. You know, we, we, are, we are seeing power stations starting to close around the country. Uh, we've seen the smaller power stations of Anglesey and the um, Energy Bricks power station, which is also in Latrobe Valley, but a very small power station. Um, both of those have closed in the last few years. A few power stations have closed in New South Wales as well and South Australia. Um, but, you know, nationally speaking, what we need is a, is a plan. Um, we know we need to get more renewable energy into the mix. We know we need to get coal out of the mix. Um, and if you sort of look at some of the language from Greg Hunt and Josh Frydenberg before the federal election, it was very much, we're just going to leave it to the market. We'll just let things play out. Um, but that's not really going to give us the best result because things will happen chaotically if you leave it to the market because that's going to leave decisions at the whim of corporate owners who will make decisions in their own interests, not necessarily in the interests of, of consumers, in you know, people who use electricity or communities who live near power stations or you know, Australian society more broadly. Um, so really what we need to see is a plan to actually manage this transition. I spoke with Wendy Farmer from Voices of the Valley a group from the Latrobe Valley who are concerned with a just transition for their community. Welcome to the show. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Wendy Farmer from Voices of the Valley in Latrobe Valley. And can you tell us a little bit about Voices of the Valley? Okay, Voices of the Valley um, was formed during the Hayeswood Mine Fire. Most people will remember that fire in 2014. That burnt for 45 days. Um, at the time, we were looking at the health of the community and where the people died, where the people got sick. Um, Voices of the Valley has now moved on, as well as still watching for health and making sure that the health of the community is looked after. We're looking at what what is transition and how can we be part of playing a, a, a large part of transition in Latrobe Valley. And can you tell us about um, your idea of transition? 
Okay, so for us, we believe that transition is not just about the form of what we transition from, so whether it's from um, coal-powered fire... Um, sorry power stations or whether it's from any other form, transition also includes people. It's really important that we look at transition as a whole rather than just one piece. So it's not just about, as I said, the product, but it's also about how the community transition with the product. In an ideal world, I'd now be able to play you some audio of Victorian Government Minister for Energy, Environment and Climate Change, Lily D'Ambrosio telling us about the Labor Party's transition plan for Hazelwood. But she didn't return my calls. I suspect that this is because there is no such plan. Australian politicians have had ample opportunity to make a transition plan. Hazelwood Power Station was built in the 1960s and was meant to have closed down in 2005. It was privatised in 1996 and at this time had its life extended until 2009. This would have been a very good opportunity to create a transition plan. In 2005, it had its life extended until 2034. At the federal and state levels, the Labor government has again seriously looked at closing down all or part of Hazelwood in 2010 and 2011. The current state government recently announced that it wants to reduce Victoria's carbon emissions to zero by 2050, but still they have produced no specific plan for a transition for Hazelwood Power Station. Hazelwood Power Station currently employs about 500 full-time staff and 300 full-time contractors. The site for the power station and the mine will need extensive rehabilitation. Voices of the Valley have a detailed transition plan which can be accessed on their website. Here's Wendy Farmer. But the first part of it needs to have a social and worker support facility. So something like um, they did in Geelong with the Holden Holden Factory, where they actually supported the workers out of transition. The thing is, with our communities, we, we don't just have workers that have worked in the mine, you know, or are still working in the mine, but we've still got that, that um, hiccup from, you know, the 1980s and 90s when the um, SEC was privatised, that, you know, there are still people that are waiting for that transition 20, 30 years later. So... It's a, a social and worker support facility. Um, the, the next set, really important part is the educational side of what happens in a transi- transition centre. So we believe that it, we need to be using um, the, tr- the training centres, the universities, the new tech school that's going to be built in Latrobe Valley to really outreach and really teach these people and let them experiment with what our new future, our new economy will be. One thing about Latrobe Valley is we know power. We've done it for 90 years. Okay, so when we have people saying that um, base low power has to be from coal-fired power stations, you know, is there other ways of doing things? Can we have base low power other ways? So we want want to see um, a a co-op research where we're looking at... um, conditioning and storage and harvesting of new technologies. You know, what what is out there that we don't even know is out there yet? Our kids will have jobs that don't even exist, you know. So how do we prepare people for jobs that don't exist? Then in that, as you said, we do have a um, co-op section where we're, we're looking at being an incubator and manufacturer space for co-ops and start-ups. So they, these um, start-ups and these co-ops can bounce off each other and learn from each other, help each other along the way. But most importantly, that they are community-owned. So the, 
the actual um, manufacturing, the actual co-ops can't be sold away from the community. They can't just be taken away. One thing we see over time and time again is different governments changing the rules. We need to take ownership of what we have. And one of the other sections is eventually we would like to have our own energy retailer in Latrobe Valley. I'm Corrie Green, and you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. On today's show, we're talking about obstacles to transitioning Australia's electricity production away from coal, using Hazelwood Power Station as an example. One group who are thinking about a transition for the Latrobe Valley is Earthworker Cooperative. This is Colin Long talking at a rally to replace Hazelwood that was held on the 8th of August in Melbourne. Good to see everyone come out this morning for this incredibly important issue. One, one really, well, amongst many really big lies that have told about the coal and fossil fuel industry is that it's an industry that protects jobs, that provides jobs and provides uh, welfare for workers. This is one of the biggest lies. If you look at the power industry, during the 1990s when it was privatised in the Latrobe Valley, thousands upon thousands of jobs were lost and the companies didn't give a shit about the workers that it sacked and the damage it did to the uh, Latrobe Valley communities down there. The reality is that at some point, when it suits them, the power companies will pull out of the power stations in the valley. Unfortunately, it will be too late to deal with climate change, but it will do damage to the communities and the workers down there. So what we need, in fact, is a transition now, because if we don't start now, it will be too late, and when, if, the companies are allowed, if the companies are allowed to do a transition on their own terms, they will not give one hoot about the workers or the communities down there. So the important thing now is for the state government, if it really believes in the futures of workers, if it really believes in the future of the Gippsland communities, it's up to the government now to start making a plan to replace Hazelwood and the other power stations in the valley with clean renewable energy which will generate far more jobs than now exist in the electricity generation industry in the Latrobe Valley. It is outrageous that our governments of all stripes in Australia, from the federal on down to the state level, seem to think that what is most important role for them at the moment is to protect dying industries. Well, they're selective in their protection of dying industries, of course, but it would be something like the government saying in the early 1990s, this internet's a very interesting thing, but I think we've got to protect the fax industry. It's incredibly important to protect the fax industry. We just don't know where this, uh, this internet industry is going to go. We don't know where that's going to end up. And that's what's happening, especially at a federal level in Australia, and that's uh, leaving us economically exposed and leaving us to be exposed to falling behind the rest of the world in the development to a new economy, a new sustainable economy. The other thing I have to say about uh, the welfare of workers when it comes to the, the uh, coal industry in particular, there are more workers now losing their jobs in the coal industry, especially in the mining states, from just technological replacement than from any other action. And again, the companies don't care. It's not about jobs when it suits them, they just lay the workers off. There, are no, there is no growth in coal mining in terms of employment. The only growth we're likely to see 
in, in the relation to power generation is if we move to renewables and remove and move there quickly. Earthworker is, uh, Alan mentioned, Earthworker is a workers' cooperative we've been trying to establish for a long time in Trove Valley. We now move our equipment that we own to, to manufacture solar hot water tanks down to the valley. We're now waiting on the state government, we've called on the state government to help us get that factory established and providing jobs in the valley by putting uh, solar hot water systems on public housing in Victoria. Now that's a great opportunity, win-win for everyone. Low-income tenants get to reduce some of their household costs. We get to establish a, one of the first, hopefully, factories making renewable energy technologies. And we do it in the valley to provide good jobs, good unionised jobs for pe pe workers who are displaced from the power stations like Hazelwood would simply have to close. There are conflicting reports as to whether Engie, the company that owns 72% of Hazelwood, is thinking about selling or closing the station. This is Nick Abelay from Environment Victoria. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, just a bit of background for, for your listeners. Um, Hazelwood is owned by a company called Engie, which is a partly French government-owned company. So it's a multinational energy company. Uh, used to be fully owned by the French government, but has been partially privatised. And so the French government now owns, uh, I think, 33% of Engie. Um, and Engie has... They were, the they were one of the sponsors of the international climate talks in Paris late last year. Uh, and they've been talking a pretty big game about getting away from coal-fired power stations. They're, they're talking... Like, they as a company are talking about moving away from coal and, and reorienting themselves to clean energy, um, which is an encouraging sign. Uh, at the same time, we had the French president before the Paris Climate Talk saying, you know, we need to deliver. Like, this is a problem that we need to solve. Um, but his government is a one-third owner of the company that owns the dirtiest power station possibly in the world. Um, so, I mean, we have been communicating to, uh, to the French government and to Engie in Paris that, you know, if they want to be taken seriously with their claims to be doing something serious about climate change, then they need to do something about Hazelwood. Um, and so a couple of months ago, uh, or maybe a few weeks ago, Engie said that, um, you know, they're they're thinking of selling Hazelwood, but if we don't need the electricity, then they were prepared to close the power station. Um, at the same time, Ségolène Royal, who's the French energy minister, said that the, that the position of the French government was that we would prefer Hazelwood to be closed rather than sold. Um, so, you know, that's the French government view, and they are a 30, you know, a one-third owner of, of the company and have a few seats on the board of Engie. Um, so, you know, again, this isn't just a, an Australian concern. There are there are people in uh, in the the main company in Engie and the French government who who are part owners of that company who see this as a major problem and an embarrassment to their to their organisations. Right? Um, nobody wants to be affiliated with with one of these power stations that is causing climate change to such an extent. I spoke with Andrew Turner, communications advisor for Engie. He said that no decision had been made regarding closing Hazelwood. He pointed out that Hazelwood generates energy cheaply and has an operating licence until 2034. You could infer that they intend to burn coal at Hazelwood for as long as they're allowed to, 
and it's making them a profit. Another potential stakeholder in this process is unions. Um, have you had much support from the unions in the transition? Um, personally, no, we haven't, not at this stage. Would you like to see that? I think it would be really good if we had um, the unions you know, say, well, what is happening? How can we help and be part of it? Um, I think you know, it's their employees in the end that are going to really need this. But it's all, as I said, it's the other people that have been unemployed for a long time because of privatisation itself. I didn't hear back from the CFMEU for this story. I spoke briefly to Peter Mooney, ETU organiser for Gippsland and the Latrobe Valley, who said that the ETU weren't working on a transition plan for Hazelwood workers. There is a lot of potential for the future of the Latrobe Valley. This is Wendy Farmer from Voices of the Valley. The current model um, of energy production in the Latrobe Valley is very centralised. You've got your, your big power stations. What do you think about decentralised energy um, that's closer to the source of demand? Oh, absolutely, and that's how power is going. We look at the internet when we first brought the internet in and it was very central, centralised and it spread very fast. Um, and we look at energy in the same sort of way as the internet, that it's so decentralised. One thing about Latrobe Valley, though, is I believe we will use the grid for a long time and the grid's just had you know millions of dollars spent on it, upgrading it, all loans lead to Latrobe Valley. So if we can learn to store that decentralised energy at the end point or the start point, so it's both, it's the end point and the start point, how can we stabilise that grid? And that's that's all, everybody's big issue of, you know, that base load, how do you stabilise the grid if there's no wind, if there's no sun, if there's no whatever else, you know, there's they're not the only two... Um, things that produce energy, you know, there's so many different things and we want to look at what what other things there are on how we can, you know, um, store energy, how we can move it along the line and make it stable. You know, conditioning the um, old turbines of possibly when a power station was to close down, can the old turbines be used in a way to actually um, stabilise that grid? Mm. As I said, Latrobe Valley, no power. I think we would be more storage than production, whether it would be battery, whether it would be hydrogen, whether it would be hydro, whether it would... Like, there's, there's so many things that we need to look at. If we go back 10 years and we look at a, a phone, you know, and we had a phone that made phone calls, now we, we carry a mini computer in our pocket. I believe energy is going to be the same way where we're looking at things that we can't even imagine will exist in another five or 10 years. But we need to give our young people, our older people, that education, that ability to play and experiment to see how what will be the way of the future. We need to, you know, the Tro Valley, Victoria, Australia can actually be the inventors of what is actually out there. Mm. Does your group see the rehabilitation of the mine and of uh, the power station as meaningful work that would be part of the just transition? Oh, look, it would be very meaningful work and it has to be done. You know, we have a massive hole in the ground that fits a city inside it um, with just being able to, you know, imagine the whole city being inside a hole and only seeing the top of the tallest buildings. You know, <laughs> um, that's pretty hard to imagine, isn't it? But that's the size of the hole we have sitting on the side of the freeway. So it's 
it's definitely got to be rehabilitated and it has to be done properly and yes it will create jobs but of course that can't start and we don't have any control of that until the actual operators say they're ready to start um, closing down they are starting to rehabilitate already um, you know minor things places that they're not working on to a degree but yeah, until that the actual closure happens, the hole itself can't really be rehabilitated. Can you give a quick summary of, of how you'd like to see the transition go? All right. So I, when we first started talking, I was talking about the different things. But I, I think the transition has to... Well, we're saying the transition started now, but we need to see more of the transition start now. We actually need the community, the um, council the state government, the people of Victoria, all behind the Latrobe Valley, okay? We need to see the first parts of the transition. We will need to see a social and worker support facility. And as I said, it doesn't need to be a new building set up to support those people that will be looking for work that will link into the educational um, side of the um, different training and universities that are around. Um, We have had a couple of um, training centres and universities that are very interested. And then we, you know, we really want those incubators and and manufacturers of... We've got one company interested in solar panels to manufacture down here and possibly batteries. We've got Earthworker that are on their way down or have got equipment here, but we'll do a walk to Latrobe Valley um, to start building their solar hot water services and installing those. Um... You know, but we need we need other companies to actually have that trust to start in Latrobe Valley. Latrobe Valley is, you know, I'll just describe Latrobe Valley for a minute. It is a beautiful place. Okay, it's it's a great community. You walk along the streets and people will talk to you and say hi, and it's a very engaging community. But we do just need that trust of these companies to come in and say, yes, we're prepared, we're prepared to invest in Latrobe Valley and have, you know, they would have great employees. These people that work in Latrobe Valley are loyal to what they actually do. So they would be loyal to different companies, different co-ops, startups, and things like that. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Corey Green. On today's show, we spoke to Nick Abelay from Environment Victoria's Replace Hazelwood campaign. To find out more, go to environmentvictoria.org.au slash replace hazelwood. We also heard from Colin Long from Earthworker Cooperative. For more information, go to earthworkercooperative.com.au. Finally, we heard from Wendy Farmer from Voices of the Valley, who can be found at votv.org.au If you missed some of today's show, don't forget that our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the dedicated people at the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 
3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.